is going on, my pit crew? Welcome to the Speed Limit 155 podcast. I'm your host. My name is Trey Miller. We are live on our Speed Limit 155 channel. We're also simulcasting for right now over on our main YouTube channel, Ghost Tactical. So if you're out there and you, you're maybe into guns, you like the gun life, or you like watching firearm videos, or maybe you're just interested in learning about guns and all of that, go check out our main channel, Ghost Tactical. We have a lot of gun reviews, gear reviews, uh, we do a bunch of different podcasts over there as well, and uh, it's a fun time, especially if you're into guns or, or learning about guns. Come on over and check us out. Um, this podcast is obviously live over there right now, but once it goes uh, off, then we will take that off the Ghost Tactical channel and try to grow this channel a little bit. So if you're over there on the Ghost Tactical side, welcome to my, uh, my Ghost Squad over there. Uh, make sure you go, if you like this, and we're assuming you like cars or like talking about cars or like listening about cars, whatever, check out our car channel, Speed Limit 155. So uh, let's take this off of my ugly mug and bring in our good friend from Florida, from Flo Rida. He is our resident Ferrari and F1 enthusiast and uh, Sebring was today. And as Chase's caption down there, it says he hates his life as a race fan. Um. Yeah, do you want to talk a little bit about Sebring? I know that you're a little, uh, little upset about, a little butthurt about how all that went down, but uh, it doesn't seem like Ferrari had their greatest day in the world, did it? Not at all. I really don't want to talk about it, but we will. <laughs> <laughs> so what people need to understand, first and foremost, is if you are a fan of the Prance and Pony in the, in the world of motorsport, there's a lot of, there's a lot of rough days. There's, there's, there was a there's, time when Ferrari ruled all, and those days are yeah. not necessarily here anymore. You know, no, I mean, especially in the Formula One world. I mean, it was they were you know the dominant team for a good chunk of the two thousands. Rule changes, all that stuff happens. You know, Mercedes was a dominant Red Bull for a while, Mercedes for a while. And now it's kind of up in the air. Red Bull's got the upper hand the last couple seasons now, but the super super terrible part of this is Ferrari's had so many opportunities to win win it all and terrible strategy calls more than anything cost wins cost championships and terrible strategy call today the first time Ferrari has entered the top level of prototype racing as a factory in 50 years that's why the car was number 50 the second was number 51 it was Terrible strategy call on the first safety car literally cost them the race. It allowed Toyota to have better race pace, better fuel mileage, and that was what she wrote. Yep. Now, Scott out there says it's called who can cheat the most and get away with it. Well, that's oh, that's competition. That's competition on any platform, anything. Um, if you're not pushing the limits of the rules – to benefit you and your team, then you're not trying hard enough. I just say, if you're not cheating, you're not competing. So um, that's the way it goes. You'll hear it a lot in the F1 world. You know, anytime something goes Ferrari's way, which has not been a lot in the last several years, oh, it's the Ferrari International Assistance Corporation, you know, coming to help them again Mm -hmm. or whatnot. they've uh, They've been definite Mercedes fanboys for the last several years. Like, there's been a lot of crap that's gone Mercedes way. So let me ask you this, is 
I, I know as a Ferrari team fan and a Ferrari fan and racing in general, do you think that a lot of the stuff was to get away from one team dominating or is this, do you, do you think that they were out specifically to get Ferrari because of how they dominated 20 years ago? Or why do you think all this stuff has happened? It's not necessarily trying to go after one team or another. Now, the FIA, who is the World Motorsport Authority, basically, the FIA and F1 intentionally put rules in place trying to make it more fair for everybody. Yeah. Because when sure. one team is just winning and winning and winning, and it gets old, and then viewership suffers and all that, and they know that. You know, for you know, I I I, I understand. In that you know what I'm saying I, I that for me I, um, I I'm all for it being fun for the fans and being competitive but one team just being better than everybody else that should make the other teams better I'm just saying I don't know Plus, that's definitely, you know, the the bigger teams feel that way, and that's for sure. The problem is, like in F1, for example, up until last year, there was no there's no budget caps, there was no limits. It was, you know, he who spends the most wins, generally. Sure. Or, sure. you know, I mean, and for a long time, <clears throat> up until the more modern, like, hybrid systems they have in the cars now, yeah, like, they built they built motors to last a race. Like right, yeah, were designed yeah, yeah. to to run that race distance, and they were pretty much done. And they spent well, they, they, they stressed the shit on those engines, though. Yeah, but yeah. I mean, you got to keep in mind you had V10s that were revving at fourteen thousand RPM, V8s revving at sixteen thousand RPM. They didn't care. Yeah. Those things were grenades waiting to happen. Yeah, but they only had yeah. to, you know, they only had to, you know, last for a weekend. They didn't care. Right. Yeah. Now it's. Yeah. A power plant has to last six races, basically, or ten right. races, or actually, it's more than that now. And there's also, you know, they were looking at engines. They they probably had. I don't know this. I'm not a big race guy, but I'm assuming they had different engines for different tracks and different styles uh, to maximize each track. Like, hey, this engine's going to work oh. better on this kind of a track, you know. Before the last couple of years, there was unlimited development. So literally, they were bringing upgrades, specific parts, whatever, for each track as they went. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was nothing for the Ferraris, the Red Bulls, the Mercedes, the larger teams at the time to spend three, four hundred million dollars in a season. Yeah, yeah. Now, Let me ask you this: You, you go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. I'm saying yeah. now it's capped, trying to make it fair for everybody, and the racing's getting closer. It's definitely helping, but there's always going to be a team that's going to have an edge, and right now it's Red Bull. Yeah. The um, now you brought up a second ago, you brought up the hybrid being introduced into racing, and a lot of uh, teams, a lot of cars are going, uh, adding that hybrid mix to to their cars and everything else. Is that... Is that for an easier, quicker, horsepowered car? Is it for emissions? Is is it to save engines? Like you said, that some of these engines have to go six races or whatever. Like, what was the purpose of bringing the hybrid into the F one world? Because it doesn't seem like yep. a good mix. 
Well, in the F1 world and in the prototype world, they're brought in really for the kumbaya effect. They're yeah. brought in to make to make be more emission friendly, to be more sustainable, and is also to help the manufacturers sell cars. Sure. You know, now obviously Red Bull's not a manufacturer. They don't care. But and Ferrari does it because they're not building eco friendly cars to begin with. Right. But Mercedes does care. You know, Renault Alpine absolutely cared because it, you know, translated into car sales. Yep. So that's absolutely. where that that's yep. where that came into. And they were trying to reduce even back then they were trying to reduce costs. This all started in twenty fourteen. So basically the beginning of the Mercedes dominance era. The basically you had Ferrari dominated for several years. Red Bull dominated for four years, and then basically Mercedes has dominated for eight. And now you're in the the regulation has changed in last year, and now Red Bull has the upper hand currently. Yeah, you're speaking Greek to me. You know, uh, you know, I, I you sent me the link earlier for Sebring. Um, yeah. And I, I was going to try. I was at work, so I, I really couldn't. But I was um, I was thinking about watching it. Um, I, I know that Alonso. What's that? I was gonna say I couldn't really watch it either, but I was trying to keep an eye on it as I was doing stuff today. Right. Yeah. Because I really wanted to go today, but us being shorthanded and a lot of stuff going on at the shop, I just didn't have a chance to go like I wanted to. And yeah. now I'm kind of glad I didn't because you know I don't, I don't need I don't need that heartbreak in real life. I got enough stress in my life. Yeah, I understand. I understand. Now, Le Mans comes up in when, June or July? When is that, June? June. June, yep. So that'll be kind of interesting to maybe watch a little bit of that. Um, it's pretty cool. I mean, it's cool seeing Ferrari back at the top of prototypes after super successful cars in the 60s. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so we're going to talk a little bit about tonight about accessorizing customizing cars and we're not talking about like all the tricked out stuff we're going to talk more about if you're restoring a car or you're building a, a kit car or whatever or you just have a car that might be you know 10 years old but you want to add maybe some of the newer technology to the car um, and, and all that, and making your own kind of twists and, and customizing the car, like little intricacies that that makes it yours. Um, are you a big in, in general, Chase? In, in general, not specifically in, in cars, in specific cars, but in general, do you like kind of adding your own personal touches to the car and customizing stuff, whether it's paint jobs or you know accessories, a new stereo instead of stock? I mean, all that, are, are are you a fan of that, or do you pretty much keep a lot of your cars? stock from the factory i mean it it really depends on what it is i mean there's certain things that you know if i could go spec out cars specifically the way i want them it, they would remain more or less stock other things i've definitely tweaked and played with yeah you know when i was when i was younger i definitely would go more into doing modifications or whatever as i've gotten older you know yeah. there's certain things i like the traditional way, I guess I would say. No, it's different. Like, you know, like you go out by like, <clears throat> pick your favorite truck brand. That's totally different. Yeah. You know, yeah, we're going to put yeah. better wheels on. We're going to put better suspension underneath it. We're going to put tires on it. You know, that kind of stuff. 
performance car is a little different. It just depends on what it is. Yep, yep. Yeah, I remember uh, one of the cool things. This is back, you know, early 90s, right? Uh, and I had gotten a 65 Mustang a couple of years out of my 16th birthday. We we're going to, I mean, it ran. I'm not going to say it didn't, it didn't run. It did run, but we we're going to, you know, do a paint job and, and change the interior out and, and, and do certain things. And my dad, uh, one of the big Mustang clubs is in Dallas, and that's where actually I grew up and all that. So, um, they have a big Mustang club there and Mustang club stores and all this stuff. And they have, which is kind of cool. This is the first thing that I, I remember we bought, um, is we bought a stereo for that that looked exactly like the old original 60, which we, which we had the original, but it looked like the original 65 Mustang stereo. But it at the time, I mean, it, it was digital. It was, you know, um, it was to the early 90s, late 80s, early 90s um, technology, but they still kept the look, which I think it was pretty cool, uh, trying to keep that original look, but still have it kind of modern technology and all of that. Uh, Defense Dad out there says, I've built a lot of cars and trucks. I'm a big fan of using rims and badges off newer versions of the same car and sort of one off the look. Yeah, I mean, I, I get that. Um, you know, I I don't I am a big fan of, of wheels and tires and all of that. Obviously, uh, kind of taking them unless they just really come like a really stock wheel or something. That's pretty cool, um, but. Yeah, I, I, I'm all for that stuff. For me, I I try to keep most of my cars kind of stock unless, um, I'm not going to lie, like, you know, the Hummer and the BMW, neither one of them have, like, Bluetooth um, car uh, phones or, or music or anything like that. So I have installed, or in the process of installing a, a new 7-inch touchscreen uh, stereo in the BMW. Uh, I'm going to have that ready to go here pretty soon just so I can be able to have my music, um, you know, my streaming music, have Bluetooth phone calls and all of that, um, hands-free, whatever, and all that. And then the, I think eventually I'll probably put a similar kind of radio in the Hummer. But um, I, I do like that kind of stuff, the upgrades of the technology and the radio. Unless, I mean, these are cars like, I buy cars to drive them. I, I know there's a lot of people that buy cars for the collection side of things and all that. I get that. I'm 100% for that. That's not me. Like, I want to drive my car. So when I get a car... And I want to try to keep it the way it is. I probably wouldn't buy it if I didn't like the way it was somewhat stock or factory or whatever. Obviously, wheels and tires or something like that. Uh, like he said, suspension and all that. But I liked, like, the little technology upgrades. Um, you know, a new stereo that's, you know, if, if, if you've got an older car that may not have that stuff. Um, a new stereo kind of goes a long way to make it yours. Uh, I found a thing called Carly. Are you familiar with the Carly system, Chase, at all? Have you heard of it? I have, yeah. So I got one, and it's pretty amazing for a lot of reasons. Uh, one, it'll do a dive. It, it, it plugs into your system underneath your um, steering wheel where you know you get all your – You can. It, it'll check all of your diagnostic errors and all that tell you what they are 
um, for free, you know, you use it's a free thing. You use it. it comes on an app. It hooks up to this thing on the app, and it'll it'll do all the diagnostics for you. Tell you what different in layman's terms. All also, not just like you don't have to be a mechanic and, and have all these codes and all that to um, to understand what it is. It will give you the codes, but it'll also give you a brief description of what it means in layman's terms, which is great. Uh, but then you can bond the car. Something like for me is um, there's a lot of things in every car that the car is able to do, but for some reason the manufacturer doesn't turn them on. Um, right away, and we're not, we're not talking stuff that's going to cancel warranty. It's something as simple as like in the BMW. Um, my mine did not come from the factory to be able to open and close the um, convertible top with your key mob fob. This thing you can go in there and just turn it on, and so when you unlock the doors, if you push it, you know, a couple more times. Is you're walking out to the car, the the top will go down, the window the windows will roll down. Um, same thing, you lock it, and um, if you do a couple things, it'll close the top and roll the windows up and all that stuff for you. A really cool thing, all sorts of stuff, I and mean, and how well on on the way your lights work. Like you know, most cars, if you're running fog lights and you turn your brights on, your fog lights go off. Well, you can mod it to where you know. Your fog lights stay on when your brights are on, and all sorts of cool stuff. And it isn't—it's nothing that's going to void the warranty. Uh, it's just some cool stuff that you can mod your your system with electronically. But the cool thing, really, about it the most that uh, I haven't obviously had to use it yet. But if you're going to look to buy a car and it's a used car, you can. It's, it's called what they call a used car check. You plug this into there into the the port and hit used car check, and it'll go through. And what it'll do is it'll go through the electronic system of that car, and it'll tell you if everything looks right, or it'll come back and say the odometer says thirty thousand miles. We see it's got forty seven thousand miles, or something like that, or whatever. It'll give you any error codes that pop up. You know, if someone tries to clear the error code so it doesn't show when you go there, it doesn't show on the dash, you pop that in and it'll read any error codes that were there in the last, you know, week or whatever and kind of give you an idea, which I think is a really cool thing. So the Kari thing, I haven't played with it a whole lot, but so far I, I kind of like it. And I, I didn't know if that's something that you've ever, you know, seen people. I'm sure there's other ones not just called the Carly. Uh, there are other things out there that do the same thing, but have you ever played with one of those? They're pretty cool. I haven't played with a Carly specifically, but I've played with like some of the more mechanic grade ones and this is stuff you can find out, like just literally plugging it into like a, you know, an OB port or whatever is pretty cool. Yep. And that's all you do is you plug it in and you just sync with car. And now when you, when I order the Carly, it'll ask you like, what kind of car are you going to use it for? And I'll, I'll just put like BMW. And so it came with all the BMW mods like already in it, but you can use it for any car. It's not like this one's only for a specific model or, or make or, or whatever or brand or whatever. Um, especially if you're going to go look for a used car, you just hit that used car thing and it'll kind of go through a, uh, a diagnostic real quick to kind of give you any, Hey, this is a red flag. Like something's going on. Like things aren't adding up in the system versus what it's saying, which I think is a really cool thing. And I think that might bring, um, I'm not saying that there's dishonesty in used car sales, but it will. This might 
not just to call it, but these type of, of gadgets might bring um, a little more honesty to it. Because if you're able to check all that stuff, I think that's that's only going to help people and say, hey, look, you're asking $18,000 because it says this. You know, I'm going to give you 14 because it's really this or 12 or 10 or whatever. And and they're going to have to answer for what's going on. So that's yeah, kind of an interesting thing. Interesting yeah, I mean, thing. You got, I mean, you look at the used car market now, especially you've got cars that 20 years ago people didn't care about are all of a sudden collector cars now. You, know, yep. you look at like our generation, you know, IROC body Camaros. Yeah, you know, absolutely. The, people call them, you know, the OBS trucks. You know, stuff that was like people didn't think anything of, like the ninety, like the ninety four to ninety six body style or ninety seven body style, like Mustangs and stuff like that. You know, the last yeah. five O's at the time. Mm-hmm. You know, yep. ninety the ninety seven and like O three Camaros are coming in hard now. If you can find like a late eighties, early nineties, like Chevy Z seventy one, like yeah, at least around here, like those people are going silly. insane on those. Like yeah, people are paying more for them now than they were new, you know? Yeah. And it's just, it's so something like that comes in handy because um, we're not going to say all used car salesmen are shady, but there's a lot of that goes on, especially now yeah. that there's a, a serious market for all that. Because, you know, people who are our age, people who are mid 30s, mid to mid 40s now are, you know, they're buying the stuff they wanted when they were a kid or a yeah. teenager they yeah. couldn't afford back then. Absolutely. I mean, you know, we've talked a lot. We talked one time about I would love to be able to get like a 240, 260, or 280Z. Um, I can find some 240s out there that's got a couple hundred thousand miles that are pretty rough. But like, you want to try to find like a 280ZX, like an 82, 83ZX, even some 260s, you're talking 30 to 40 grand now. It's like, holy cow. You know, that's, that's insane. Some of these cars with their, with their quote unquote worth now, you know? All the Z bodies are just losing, like they're insane. Yeah, it's, it's crazy what's most. Well, you know, like your your vintage and your BMW. Look at that. Yeah. Look at those early two thousands, like Honda S two thousands. What they're going for now? Yeah. One that's not just totally ragged out. It's, it's crazy. yeah. The S two thousands are crazy. The the early Z fours, which is what I have. Um, I mean, these things are exclusive. going for twenty five to. Forty thousand dollars. They're o three, o four, o five. The the original E eighty five model, the Z four. Um, a lot because of the M fifty four engine, and, and that's one of the greatest six uh, in straight six um, engines that BMW ever had. So uh, I think I think a lot of it is is that I think that when the Z four came out and replaced the Z three. Um, I think people question some of the, the body designs and the lines in the car. And now it's so funny, 20 years later, like they're exactly what people want these days. They may not have worn them 20 years ago, but now the lines on some of those early 2000 cars, like the S2000s, um, the late 90s Miata. Um, those first came out, you know, Miata, and I think there's something about that that um, is interesting because prices for these cars that typically devalue are not 
devaluing at all. If anything, they're going up in value, and it, it's kind of funny. Um, yeah, you're talking about that exact thing. You're talking about cars that are 20 years old that may not have the technology as far as you know GPS or or, or Bluetooth or you know Apple CarPlay and all that stuff. And but man, people want them. People, you know, I would love to have an old 280ZX. That was my my dad had a 260 and a 280. But that 280ZX, when I was a kid, I remember it was the first car that talked, and I would love to find one. I can't find one for less than 30 grand now, and it's insane to me. Absolutely insane. Uh, defense yeah, dads. Of, oh, go ahead. No, I was just saying there's a lot of cool cars from that era now that yeah. a lot of us would love to have because there's stuff we wanted back then. But because of that demand now and because there's so few good examples left – yeah. The market is insane, all that. It's just, it's crazy. It is. And there's it's a lot of insane. stuff that, you know, cars that were considered valuable that didn't transact for as high as they did because of other, you know, other things out there. More people mm. are appreciating them now. And so now the prices are getting drove way up on that stuff, too. Oh, yeah. The whole market, the whole market's just turned around goofy. You know, we were talking uh, a month or so just on the phone talking about the idea and Porsche has come out and, and I don't know if it's actually going to happen because I haven't heard much about it recently, but Porsche did come out and say that there's going to have a new 944 come out this fall. And the 944 was, you know, a great car back in the 80s and, and early 90s that our, my generation and, and maybe even toward your generation, you're, you know, you're a Porsche guy too. Uh, so you appreciate certain lines of the Porsches, but the 944 was a cool car. The, uh, the original with the late 90s, 98, 99, whenever it came out, the, the Boxster, you know, I remember people like shitting on the Boxster when it came out that, we're Porsche fans saying, oh, it's the baby, baby Porsche. It's not worth anything. Girl Porsche. The Boxster saved Porsche. Like, it literally saved Porsche in the American market, you know? Yeah. Literally, the Boxster and the Cayenne is what brought Porsche to where it is now. Yeah. Um, the, the, the Boxster was the affordable, you know, V6, but it's still, it's still a Porsche. Um, it, it, and it looked really cool. You know, up until a couple years ago, you could go and find a Boxster for, you know, let's say a, a 2001 Boxster with, you know, 85,000 to 100,000 miles, which is nothing on those cars for like less than 10 grand. And it's amazing. Now, obviously, that's not the case now because everything's kind of gone up. Um, but it's one of those things where, you know, it's it's crazy on some of those cars that were well like the Mercedes what was it, the the old SLK the little convertible coupe that they tried to put out there in the early two thousands late nineties people crapped on that back then now it's a car like man it, it it got better looking as the years go on you know what I'm saying yeah and I mean that's when I was like I've heard that car several times in the last few years like man remember those old compressors and I'm like yes yeah. Yeah. But, you know, I was never a huge fan of them, but they've got their own little cult following, too, now. Yeah, I've never been a huge Mercedes guy. I've always been uh, more of a, I'm more of a, the sports side of things. I appreciate what yeah. Mercedes are, but um, I've always been more of a Porsche and, and BMW guy. I, I like the sports car side of things, and 
and, you know, that's what I love about the BMWs. You can go and get like an M5 or something and have a great engine, but still be somewhat of a family, you know, car type thing, um, which is a great thing. But yeah, you can. Yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. There's been some pretty amazing Mercedes bought, but you know, built over the no years, doubt. especially some of the stuff that's come out of Mercedes, especially some of the stuff that comes out of AMG and you know, oh, Ren Sport back in the day and all that. Absolutely. But, that was more the exception than the rule. You know, Mercedes were known as, you know, the luxury old guy car for a long time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the Mercedes and Cadillac, to me, have always kind of been, like you said, the old guy car, you know. Um, Yeah. You know, the AMGs. What's that? Yeah, you want something comfortable, something nice. You know, it's an attention getter, but it's not—it's not a flashy attention getter. It's a classy attention getter. Yeah. You know, you want something that's comfortable to ride. You know, those guys weren't buying AMG Hammers. You know, in the no, at the no, late eighties, no. early nineties, and they're damn sure not the you know AMG Black Series customer now. Yeah, I'll tell you if if I would if I was to get a Mercedes. Um, the only one that I could sit there right now and tell you, yeah, if I could find one for a good price, I mean, it's these things, they're, they're, they're crazy stupid prices now. Um, but the old, the Mercedes, the AMG, like the G series, like the SUV, um, those G series, man, they're awesome looking to me. Um, but they're, they're stupid expensive and, yeah, and just, but that would be the Mercedes that I would want would be good like a G series because uh, those AMG G series are, are are pretty for me I like the way they look they remind me of my old Land Rover you know and and so it's um the, the, those G class or G series whatever they call them those are pretty sweet to me I like those those are the Mercedes that I'd like to have yeah the old G wagons are pretty cool um, new G wagons are still pretty cool but like the old military yeah. G wagons and yeah. the old like three hundred D diesels. Oh yeah, you know, we, yeah, back in the seventies and eighties, those are pretty slick. Those families, two eighties, three hundred. I will say, yeah, though, remember, in more recent history. Yeah. Have you have you seen a C sixty three AMG, especially the Black Series from like the early tw- like twenty teens, like 2011, 2012 time frame? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Like, I'm not. The biggest Mercedes fan, but I would mm-hmm. absolutely love to have that era, like a C63 Black Series. Because who doesn't well, want a 6.2 liter V8 that's just was, insane? Well, and someone came with the V12 also. Like there was, there were some models that were, it was an upgrade, but you know there there was that V12 that was available. Um, yeah, when they do, they try to dive into the quote unquote supercar, you know, um, yeah. With it, with, the, the 63, yeah, those, those those actually, the front grille, the front end of that car makes that car for me, like as far as the looks. It um, does. I think just mean looking looks, at it sound looks, great. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and especially like the all blacked out version, yeah, it's pretty sweet. Now, they mm-hmm. they had a, um, I've I, I seen, well, I don't know what, how old it was. It looked new, but who knows? And it might have been a wrap, you know. Um but it was kind of like this gunmetal matte gray, 
it was smoking hot looking. It was a, it was amazing. It was like that dark charcoal, but it was a matte. It wasn't quite black, but it wasn't gray, but it was that matte finish when it had the dark needles and was, even the headlights, everything were smoked out. And, oh man, it was it was it was beautiful. It might have been a wrap, I don't know, or a custom paint job, but uh, that thing was sweet. But I like the blacked out, smoked out lights and all that too as well. Um, yeah, New York Outcast is the hammer. Yeah. Uh, speaking of which, so we're talking yeah, customizing a little bit. house now. Yeah, 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 a nice house. <laughs> yeah, a nice house. Yeah, uh, hammers are cool, but hammers and wide bodies are amazing cars, but they are insane now. I'm not a huge wide body fan. Um, in general, I like them. now there are some great cars that look good. Um, wide body. Some of the, the Nissans and like a, like a an old Skyline, you know, that they that with the, with the wide body kit on it that look good wide bodied. But in general, I'm not a huge wide body guy. Um, but there are some cars that the lines just happen to fit it perfectly. You know, it's just okay. Yep, that looks good that way. Um, but you, but I see a lot of people that put like a wide body kit on just a car or whatever. And it just doesn't match, you know. It doesn't match, and it's like God, it just looks bad. But maybe that's just me. Uh, Rob wants to know: Is the uh, the hammer more than a G wagon? I mean, they're both. You know, you're talking two hundred fifty, three hundred thousand dollars for a G wagon these days. You know, I'm just saying. Um, if you buy names, I mean, the AMG G wagon start like base price. I think it's like one seventy something, one seventy five, one eighty somewhere there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, a modern hammer. Well, keep on. There's all you know, there's few true hammers to begin with. Let's let's, let's and, say first of all, there aren't that many true modern hammers, like modern hammers. You know. Yeah, I mean, you go the original hammers, like from the late eighties to the early nineties, like the real Rensport hammers. I mean, those things are you know four hundred, five hundred thousand dollars plus now. Yeah. Yeah. Like they're insane, like insane money. Would yeah, like to have one? Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. I would rather. Yeah, I, I don't have a G wagon. I'm just saying. I mean, know? my thing about like a hammer now is cool as those cars are. If I'm gonna spend four or five hundred thousand dollars on one of those. Oh, I'm gonna go get buy, a Lambo or yeah, a, a Ferrari. I can, buy a, I can buy a couple, three of something that I really like and enjoy, or I could go do something really silly, like have a Singer Porsche built the way I want, and have that one ultimate toy. Yeah, you know, you can for that kind of money. You're talking a Porsche GT. Um, a couple of them, <laughs> you know, you're, you're talking McLaren money at that point and no offense. If I, if I had the chance of a McLaren or, I mean, you can go buy, uh, what are Diablos? I'm a big Diablo fan in case you guys didn't know that. Um, I mean, you know, you can go find a, you can go find a good Diablo for, for half a million probably. Yeah, the Diablos are getting crazy too. I mean, the Diablos I like are 
I, you know, I got like the oddball stuff that's getting expensive. So, yeah. like SE30 Yodas and well, things like yeah, that, or like GTs are getting absolutely. Um, you know, your million dollar cars now. But I mean, like yeah. a run of the mill Diablo, you can still find one three to five, depending on the condition. Yeah, I've got a a ninety one Diablo Coupe for two fifty nine. This is on online. Uh, a ninety one, another ninety one Diablo Coupe for um, two seventy five. Um, now VT's gonna run you a cool mill. Um, yeah. Easily, easily. <laughs> I mean, for um, half a million dollars, yeah. though, I can. I can legitimately have a Ferrari 430 Scuderia, arguably one of the greatest V8 Ferraris ever made, and I can have a Porsche GT3 RS, and life would pretty well be complete at that point. I mean, I, I, so let me ask you this, because I think I know where the answer is going to be. Uh, we are both Porsche fans. They're probably not our favorite altogether, but we're Big fans of them, right? The sure, RS. Car guy, it's hard not to like one. Dude, there's, there are people who don't like Porsche. I'm just saying there's people I know there are. Really don't, and, I, and I, that's okay. Um, and of those people, I'm like, have you ever driven one? This is true. Like, well, this no. True. And I'm like, you have to experience it. And then you're like, okay, now I understand. Yeah. But I think for the money, you know, and I think everyone knows I'm a big Lambo guy. I love the Diablo. Um, obviously, love the Mercies. Uh, the Hurricane's a, a great one. Um, I, I, I appreciate, I, I respect and appreciate the Countach. I would never want to own one. That's just me. I, I, my, my, my three favorite are, are probably the Diablo, the Mercy Lagos, um, and probably the Hurricane. I, I love the Hurricane. It's just, it's a, it's an awesome. And then they're getting ready to get, you know, um, there's a couple of new Lambos coming out. I'm never going to own a Lambo, but I love the lines of a Lambo, especially Diablo and the Mercy. Mercies are yeah. just beautiful. I think the Mercy might be the best-looking Lambo, but my favorite's a Diablo. Yeah, no more no more V10 Lambos. I know, right? And also, yeah. also the end of the Audi V10 R8s, too. Yeah, They're- that's true. They've sunset that car as well. That's a great thing to bring up because I was gonna, I was getting ready to say that I think that one of the most underappreciated cars we're talking value versus price is the GTRS, right? Yeah. Lambos and some Ferraris, but you're still getting an amazing supercar. Now you bring up the Audi R8. A lot of people, that's a car that most people don't really know about or don't appreciate as much. That Audi R8 is an incredible machine. Yeah, most people who aren't car people will see that car and go, oh, that's the Iron Man car. Right. But um, Audi it's an amazing was, vehicle. Yeah, I mean, Audi was extremely intelligent. They took some of the, some of the fun from a Lamborghini really from the Gallardo family, then the Huracan and put it into an Audi. So you have German sensibility with a little bit of Italian playfulness and it's, it works. It's cool. It's not, if you put it straight up, if you put a vintage R8 against a Gallardo, or if you put a modern R8 against a Huracan, the Lambo's are going to eat its lunch. But 
if you want something that you can live with as and a you can, daily, and you can every day drive an R8 too, and, and, and so it'd be practical, you know. You got more creature comforts. You got a little more room in the cockpit. You've got yeah. all this stuff that the Lamborghini doesn't have because it's a different animal. Yes, it's fast. Yes, it handles well. Does it handle quite as good as the Lamborghini does? No, but it's also cheaper, and you can live with it. Exactly. Exactly. Um, let's see here. I think Rob was saying so ugly inside. He's probably talking about Lambos in general. I'll give you that. Uh, I'll give you that they are historically um, not the best looking cars on the inside. They're not the most comfortable cars. Um, but they I would argue that until the Mercy. James Driver, you know. Yeah, the Mercy really stepped it up. I said I would argue that until the Mercy. The Mercy really stepped it up. The Garados, the early Garados, the Lambos aren't that thing, you know. No, but the especially now the more modern, like the Huracans, the Aventador, even the Urus SUV, like they have. You get in that. You get in those vehicles now, and you're like, okay, I'm in a Lamborghini. I'm in something special. Like they've turned it up to eleven inside. If you can get inside of them. <laughs> Believe it or not, I mean, the new ones have way more room than people think in them. Like, it's not it's not as difficult to get in one as they, you know, were now. Like, a Countach, like, yeah, not happening. Can't do it. Right. Do this real quick. You know, I'm a six foot three little dude, so I can definitely just crawl right in a Countach. Don't worry. I mean, here's the thing. Like, I get the fact that these cars aren't the most practical. They're not the easiest to get in and out of. Um, I'm not a big guy, so I don't have that problem necessarily. I will say this. Um, my Z4 is, even for me, it sits so low to the ground that if the top is up, like, it's even for me, it, it's... It's kind of one of those I've got to put my ass in and swing my feet in. I mean, that's just, it's the way it is, and you have to get used to that. Um, I can't yeah. imagine someone being 6'3", fitting in that car. Not because it's a small car. It is a small car, but it rides bigger than it is, but just getting into it is so low to the ground. It's just, it's the profile's low. It's, it's got to do this supercar slouch, man. I mean, it's what it is, and, and, and you know what? That's okay for me. I, I'll, I'll take that, you know? I'll take that. Yeah. And I mean, like a modern Porsche is a good example. So we were talking about Porsches a lot. Modern Porsches have a lot more room, especially 911s. Like now, the last several generations, way more room inside than people think they do. You know, but they're, they're a good bit wider and longer than they've ever been. And a lot of that comes from the racing side of things. Well, exactly. I was going to say a lot of that comes from that world. And it's, and it's amazing what things can do to influence different designs and you know the 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 not just the Porsche but Porsche, the Lambos, the Ferraris that were the quote unquote street cars, they were there to be a drivable quote unquote car of your favorite race teams or whatever. And now it's like they're realizing, you know what? It can still be a really cool fast sports car. But we can also make this one somewhat easier to drive and, and more enjoyable for everything, you know. Um, it is what it is. 
Oh yeah, I mean that's the difference in your like in a Porsche is a good example. If somebody wants like the ultimate go between, you want something that's a daily car, but you can still have a ton of fun in it. You can still track it. That's what a GT3 is for. If you that's want right. that track weapon, that's when you buy the RS. Get the RS, absolutely. Yeah, you know. But if you want a car, like if somebody comes up right now and says, "Hey, here's you know here's the cash to buy one." Put a grin on your face every time you get it and drive it, but it's got to be your everyday car. It's hard not to look away from anything but a 911 GT3. Yeah. Because you have that edge. You have a lot of performance. It's still natural aspirated, and it sings, and it sounds great, but it's it's a daily drivable, livable car. Exactly. Um, yeah, Rob says that general maintenance on all of them scares me out. And I, I get that. Um, really and truly, though, modern, like, especially Porsches aren't that terrible. Like, really and truly, like, it, look, the maintenance you're going to have on a Japanese import car is really not much different than you're going to have on a German import car. Yeah. I mean, I live with a German car every day. I live with two of them every day. It's not as scary as people think anymore. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. the Nissan I have is... In my old Nissan truck calls just as much a service as this does. Yeah. I'll, I'll say this, that the BMW, I think it's just because it's one of those brands. Like, you can go and get a $50 oil change on the car. It's going to cost you $85 to get an oil change on base for that. And I think it's just because it's the brand. They can they feel like they can charge more. But it's not like they have to. It's just it's it, things are... Things are going to get more expensive with some of these bigger brands because of the brand, not because it actually needs yep. better stuff or it's the same oil or it's the same spark plugs, it's the same whatever, but it's just going to cost a little bit more. But um, it is what it is. But you yeah. can get into like you can go down, you know, and that's what the scary thing is: is you can get into a BMW, a Porsche. You know, if you're if you're willing to get an older one that still has, you know, those engines are going to last forever. Like I said, you could, uh, I don't know what they are now, but a couple, three years ago, you can go find like a, an early 2000, like a 2001 Porsche Boxster for like under $10,000 and it still runs great. And oh, by the way, 100,000 miles on a Porsche or a BMW or some of those cars, especially if they have one of their better engines, hundred thousand miles just breaking it in. Those things are going to run forever, you know? Oh, yeah. Like, I mean, realistically, you go find, like, a mid-2000s, like a 911, like a GTS. Yeah, yeah. It's a little more aggressive. You know, before all this madness happened, you could get into, well, those 30 or 40 grand, spend a little money on brakes, a little money on better tires, a little money tweaking the suspension a little bit, and then, like, you know, do a service, change your belts, all that stuff, and, you know, maybe throw a tune into it. Nothing, nothing crazy. Not like not a track, s- not a track tune, just a, a little better tune, you know. Yeah, and I mean, and you would have like a one of the most fun things you could possibly get behind the wheel of, and you've got forty or fifty grand in it, not two hundred fifty grand in it. Yeah, you, you know, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a roadster fan in general. You know, I, I love yeah. the roadster style cars. Um, my my fa- my fascination with the, the 58, 57, 58 Porsche 356, that kind of started my fascination. The Shelby G, you know, the Shelby Cobras back in the day, those just awesome little roadsters, you know, those are just awesome cars. But you can go find, if people want to get like a cool little roadster, you can go find like 
a late nineties, early two thousand Mazda Miata for like five, six thousand dollars. Yes, yes, it's a four banger. But my God, you can have a blast driving those things, you know. Everybody who talks shit about a Miata has never driven a Miata. I don't mean on the road, but get a Miata on a track. Get a crap box Miata on a track and tell me it doesn't put a smile on your face. It's an overgrown go-kart. It's a blast. That's one of the things I love around here is I live in an area where putting the top down and getting in the Z, the Z4 or a Miata or a Boxster or something like that that is like a little convertible that's got some power. You know, like the Miata doesn't have much power, but it's got enough power to have fun with. But you're going up these mountain, windy, twisty roads in the mountains here in northern Arkansas, they're an absolute blast to drive. Oh, yeah. And, I mean, I'll be the first one to admit, I've, I've never really been a big convertible fan. That's just not my thing. But now well, living in an area your that's... Your going to stick up above the windshield, typically. <laughs> oh, yeah, 100% it does. Like, I mean, I've you know, I've had been in a, several friends' Miatas that, like, I can't be in it without the top down, so I'm already used to that. But the, like, where I'm at now in the climate is it's changed my mind on some of that stuff where it'd be cool yeah. to have, like, a target top that you can take yeah. off or... Yeah. A convertible because I'm in a climate or, or, that yeah a hard top eleven months out of the year a hard top and right as a coupe almost or you yeah. can take it off as a convertible you know like one of the one of my personal favorite I think is always it's going to be an iconic classic car is like the Ferrari three five five from the late nineties like the mid yeah. to the later nineties in a GTS not the Spider and not the I mean the regular Berlinetta is cool. I'm not gonna lie. The, I kind of dig the spider, though, man. I, I dig the spider. I get it. I mean, that's you know, it was in but a lot of movies. But, but, but that's iconic what car. I like. You know, I like the, that convertible. Yeah. Style. You know, like I love that car. And with that car with a little bit of a tune and a really good exhaust on it, it's, it's honestly one of the best sounding cars ever built. I think sounds amazing. And I understand that is definitely a maintenance intensive Ferrari. There's no two getting around that. That's an engine yeah. out service. That's an expensive play toy to own, but when you start for the about super sound and experience of that, good yeah. God! When you start talking about these high end cars that are borderline supercars. Yes, everything's multiplied in costs and, and upkeep and all of that. But you also understand what you're getting. Also, you know, um, yeah, you're, you're paying for that. Now, Rob out there, New York Outcast says, "I got suckered into working on a friend's BMW, and even when I searched online for parts, they aren't cheap." I think I got a good deal paying eight hundred for rotors. <clears throat> I mean, the, I'm I've literally got to do my back brakes right now, and it's I got to replace rotors too, and it's I'm looking seven eight hundred bucks. So I mean, that's my, my wife done. Camry had to get them done. It was six hundred bucks just for the Camry to get done. You know, yeah. But that's what I'm saying. The cost of anything that's an imported part now is expensive. Doesn't matter if it's Italian, German, Japanese, it doesn't matter anymore. It's all expensive. Yeah. So let me ask you this, talking about kind of customizing cars, and I've talked mm-hmm. to you talked to you about this on the phone, but there's a part of me and I love my Z fours, it's beautiful. It's 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 bright, you know, cherry red. It's just, it's a beautiful, beautiful car. But the problem with that car is it sits so low to the ground, it's susceptible to paint chips. Now, there was obviously a few paint chips here and there when I got it. 
and obviously I drive it more than my buddy did. Um, and so there's there's getting a couple more. And it's not bad, but there's there's definitely some noticeable paint chips and all that. I've thought about wrapping wrapping it instead of getting a new paint job because I, I love the original paint job, but I think wrapping it might be better. How do you, where do you come down on? Um, well, I think wraps are cool. I'm totally cool with wraps because I mean you're you have your original underneath it and it's protected so whatever you know and like for yours if you know your paint's all right other than a few spots I was like go have a paint correction done and yeah then PPF it and cer- you know ceramic coat it do both you're yeah. great you're golden yeah uh, and that's the cool thing about it also is with the new ceramic coats that have come out in the last few years. They really, they really are pretty awesome about that. Where before you really, you could do the the, the paint repair and, and cover ups and all that, but the way the ceramics are now, even the ceramic like waxes are pretty damn cool. I mean, it, it just they've they've come a long way in the last few years um, with that stuff. So I don't know what I'm going to do yet. I don't know what I want to do yet. There's a part of me that says I can I can fix the six or seven little paint chips and be good with it. But I'm, I am thinking about wrapping it. Um, I don't know. I don't know what I want to do yet. I don't know what I want to do. I mean, but the cool thing about wraps, you can have it. a car that has sits so low on the ground. It's, it, you're just that's going to happen, you know. Yeah, I mean, it's just that's unfortunately going to happen anywhere, you know. But I'm a big believer, especially in like nicer cars. Like obviously, do yeah, you know, do the PPF stuff, do the ceramic coatings. Both you're not coming out of pocket crazy money, but you're saving yourself a ton of money in the long run. Yeah. You know, the cool thing about wraps, though, is you can change the entire personality of the car. If you don't oh, like it, you just peel it off. Yeah, and now I, I'm not, I, when I'm saying I'm going to wrap, I'm not talking about the crazy-ass, like, wraps that you see on some Lambos and different stuff that are just absolutely just wild. No, wrap. I don't mean, like, a rally wrap or anything crazy exactly. like that. Yeah. But, you know, like, hey, I, you know, my car's been red for its whole life. I want to make it, like, matte Daytona gray or something. I yeah. want to have a different personality for a little while or, you know, I want to. I've always wondered what yellow would look like on this thing or exactly. what, you know, whatever, you know, yeah. like it's a, it's a normal color. It's just a wrap. Yeah. And like, you can always I, take it off if you want to, you know? Yeah. That's the cool thing about wraps. You can change your mind, change your colors, whatever you want to do with it. I'm totally cool with that. Yeah. I had, I had a customer years ago that had the most obnoxious wrap you'd ever seen. Oh yeah. She had an XKR Jaguar. And she owned a company called Rent and Roll. So she literally rented the rims out to everybody who wanted the big, you know, you know, ridiculous rims. But that thing was chrome wrapped. So the wrap was metallic chrome, the whole car. I'm not going to lie. I've seen a couple chrome wrapped cars, and it's pretty amazing. I'm not going to lie. I, yeah. wouldn't, I wouldn't do the chrome wrap, but... Like I said, I've seen some with her on it, and it does. It looks pretty badass. It's crazy. The, but the whole problem is the sun hits it, and you blind everybody in a three-square-mile radius. And you know, even she would admit that it was so bad that she couldn't hardly see when she would drive. Yeah. I was like, that's yeah. super safe. True. Yeah. The, 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 so my wife is so happy. She just... Um, so... She was over in Okinawa last month seeing her family for a few weeks, and her mom had made uh, way off way off the subject. But getting into the subject that you and I also like to talk about is food. Um, her mom made 
like I don't even know what you call it. it was it's like a little scrubber, like when you're doing your dishes and all that. But it's made out of like lace or synthetic lace looking stuff. And she brought a couple home, and it's amazing. And she doesn't want to use them necessarily because her mom made them, right? And she wants yeah. to kind of save them. So she goes online to Amazon and gets this synthetic lace stuff. And she, she's been sitting here like the last hour and a half making one and she just got done making it. So she's so happy. She just got a big old smile on her face and she showed it to me. And I walked through the living room. She's like, look, and I was like, Hey, Hey, hey look at that. So yeah. Anyways, uh, no, what I, what, what I, yeah, what, what I'm thinking about with, the, with the, the Beamer is the, the, the top part is it's 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 a convertible, so that the the, heart, the the top is black, but the top part, the hood of the the back, the side of the doors, and all that is going to want it to be like a metallic silver, and then like the bottom part of the door, the bottom part, like by the fog lights and all that, and then the back, like doing it like a midnight blue or a black, like metallic blue or black, it's gonna be like sweet. I tell you another one I've also thought about doing. You should go super nineties on this thing. Like you know, I, orange crush, orange, like teal and purple, like like triangles and swipes and crap on it. Like I a trapper should. keeper. Make your car like a trapper keeper. Oh my god. I tell yeah. you one that I saw online, uh not, it wasn't a Z four, it was just a, a car, but they had done it um and it's awesome looking. It's like OD green, but it's a matte OD green. And they did like the, the yellow stripe pinstripes here and there that kind of yeah. contour the lines. That matte OD green wrap was pretty badass. I'm like, oh, I've, snap. I've seen some of those really muted greens like that. And I keep in mind, I'm a sucker for green. I am too. Like, like if I've ever. Speaking of which, it's, happy, it's, it's St. Patrick's Day. So, you know, happy St. Patrick's Day. Um, yeah. Irish there. I'm an Irishman, so. I am definitely of Irish descent. I'm actually sipping on Green Spot while we talk. Yeah, there you go. But, you know, and that's 100% me. Like, if I ever had, you know, do what I want, silly, silly money. Yeah. Like, I'm talking, like, the Ferrari tailor-made program. Yeah. But you get to choose every little detail and nuance. Mine are going to be green. Yeah. Now, like, are you like a Kelly green or a forest green or an OD? There's a green? couple like, different your... greens I like. There's some old, like, historic, like, 1960s that are kind of a deeper, not British racing green, but kind of a deeper green. I was going to say British racing green, or what I call Jaguar green, like, kind of that yeah. deep forest green. Yeah, it's a pretty color. Now, if I ever have a Jag like that, if I ever get, like, a D-type or an E-type, absolutely British yeah. racing green. Yeah, absolutely. You got to do it. But there's that's, some... That's, there's some pretty cool, you know, green shades that are like in, you know, some, there was a, there was some actually like sixties, like historic, you know, teams that ran green liveries are pretty cool. And yeah. like, I like the NART blue, the old North American racing team blues. And sure. Yeah. You know, I want something different. I mean, everybody does red. And I, like, I, I kind of dig the idea of in the color combination. It's not what, you know, what I would call a Miami Vice flavor, the turquoises and the and the hot pinks and the yellows and like there's something cool about that that those color combinations, you know. Oh, yeah. um, I was always you like, still you can do those colors and still make it somewhat classy and not make it you know look like 
a oh, weird thing. Yeah. You know? Like, I was always, like, when it comes to Lambos, especially more modern, like Mercy Guard or Ford, yeah. Verde Ithaca is my thing. Like, yeah. that, like, hurts your head lime green. Like, now, who was that with all the black accents? Was it, was it Ed or Hooby that had, like, the, the really bright turquoise Mercy? I can't remember if it was Hoovy or if it was uh, Ed Bowling. I think it was, I think it was the, one of the ones they had wrapped. Yeah, it was wrapped for sure. Yeah. I want to say it was, I, I want to say, on the car trek, I, I want to say maybe Ed had like a turquoise, or it might have been Tavares. I'm not sure. And I know Tavares's McLaren is kind of, it's 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 not necessarily that bright turquoise, but it's, it's kind of a brighter blue. It's a brighter blue, and it's got that really cool, Blue dyed carbon fiber all over yeah. too, which is real yeah. slick. Yeah. Um. But like, like Lambos look good with those bright ass colors. I mean, they do. They, they just, they, they just something about that. And, 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 and be honest with you, I know people when they think Ferrari, they think red. For me, if I ever own a Ferrari, it's gonna be bright yellow. I love the Ferrari yellow. I, I do like yellow. Color. Yeah. I mean, you gotta keep in mind that was. You know the Ferrari, you know the Ferrari logo is yellow for a reason. I mean, a lot of the early right. Ferraris were yellow; they weren't red. Yeah, red came about because in racing the series, fifties and sixties, well, big. I'm just talking about the first, the first main the car that people remember Ferrari, the Testarossa. Yeah, no, well, I mean, was that red? Early I mean, cars were black and white. Anyway. Was red, you know, and yeah. You know, but like they got associated with red because at the time. You know, red was the color of the, you know, Italian cars and racing yeah. in the 50s and 60s. Yeah. You know, same as silver was for German cars, was, British was racing, Porsche. green was Absolutely. for British, yeah. you know. That's where those colors came from. You know, blue was an American color, you know. Yeah. Just, you know, there's, you know, obviously exceptional rules and whatnot, but that's where a lot of that came from, you know, and then this, the association never left. But yeah. I'll be totally honest, when it comes to a Ferrari, I'm not a Rosa Corsa fan. The oh really? Traditional, the traditional where everybody thinks of is the traditional Ferrari red Rosa Corsa. Yeah, absolutely not. I like Rosa Scuderia, which is the race team red, which is a brighter, almost an orange tint to it. Yeah. You know, or some of the other flavors, but red's not my thing when it comes to those. Like, I really like the giallos, the yellows. I like yeah. a lot of the silvers, the blacks. You know, I like a lot of that. I'm a yeah, big fan of like about a, a the blue Ferraris. You know, my my dad had a silver 260Z, and his 280ZX was silver with the 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 blue trim uh, and all that. Um, and obviously, yeah. I'm a huge fan of the old 356. And, and and to me, a 356, I think of a 35. I I think that silver, that that Porsche silver back in the day, and, and mm-hmm. there's something about a silver car that I just love you know yeah i've never been a fan of like the traditional guards red porsche it's just like yeah yeah, yeah. it's not my thing you know, if, I, if, if i was going to do a porsche i would go probably black all black and i tell you like i've seen a couple of those late 80s early 90s uh carreras that were like really famous back in the day that those late 80 carreras that were all white I'm not a white car fan typically, but that 
some of those old Carrera. Maybe it's just the Carrera lines look good with white or something. I don't know. Yeah, certain cars can pull white off pretty well, and it's just got to yeah. be they got to be really well done. Um, but yeah, I'm like you. Yeah, I like all, all of that. Like if I was gonna, if I could go build my GT3 RS right now the way I'd want it, it's either gonna be lizard green or mamba green. Yeah. With my close second would be I forget the exact shade, but it's that crazy orange that was on the last generation GT3 mm-hmm. RS with all yeah. the black accent. But I mean, it's gonna be that color, and everything else is gonna be murdered out. I've got like, I don't want to. I don't want a speck of chrome anywhere. Yeah. I've got a buddy who here locally, you know, I'm going to be doing a video on it. Um, he's got a Shelby Cobra kit car. He spent well over a hundred grand on it, which is crazy to think on a kit car, but I mean, it's, it's pretty damn perfect. Uh, and he had taken an old, um, Corvette engine, um, and put it in there for the engine. And I think it's just amazing, but it's, it's that, and I'm not a big royal blue, and it's not necessarily a royal blue. It's a little bit darker than a royal blue, but it's not navy. Uh, but it's that it's that metallic blue. It's got the the two white, you know, Shelby racing stripes down the middle of it. Um, but it's like this beautiful, just a little bit darker than a royal blue. It's metallic, and it's just absolutely gorgeous. It's not navy blue. Uh, I really don't know how to explain it. It's it's just like a dark royal blue. And it's just absolutely gorgeous. I'm not a big, like, royal blue fan, but that, on that car, maybe with those lines, it just yeah. looks amazing. That's that old North American racing team blue. Those are, those colors, yeah. that color is amazing. Yeah, it is a really, and you put that same color on something else and it probably doesn't go good, you know? It's gotta be um, on, it's gotta be on something really cool. You put that on a cool. Camaro or something, it doesn't look No, good, you know? it's made, that color's gotta be on something like the Shelby, it's historic, or, you know, that color was on a lot of, like, vintage, like, classic Ferrari race cars and things like that, yeah. or, like, the American teams that ran Ferraris, that was a real yeah. popular color. Yeah. Like, especially in the 60s, and that, that color is gorgeous, but it has to be on a car with certain lines to really make yeah. it stand out. Like you go put that on a Stingray or even like a 69 Camaro, which are great cars, great lines. I still don't think that looks good on that car. You know, uh, maybe the Stingray, cause Stingray does have specific lines. I think it could, but man, on that Shelby, that, that kit car, it is just beautiful. Just beautiful. Um, and obviously, um, you know, he gets hit up every year for like the prom, um, the, uh, parade for the prom and all that. And people wanting to sit in the back of that one and, and all that. Um, but yeah, it's just, it's, it's, it's one of my favorite. Like I said, it's a kit car, but he did it right. He spent well over a hundred grand on it and it's, it's beautiful. Like he, he, he's got a bunch of cars that are just, he's got a ton of cars he just messes around with and, and I asked him one time, I was like, is there any of the cars that's like, you will never sell? He's like, oh, yeah, the Shelby, I'll never sell that. Like, that'll go to my kids. And they, if they want to sell it, they can, but I'll never sell it. And the guy spent five years in that car, you know, and, and um, obviously a lot of money on it. And, and it's probably worth a quarter of a million dollars right now. That 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 that, that old, you know, when, and when I say the Corvette, I'm not talking like um, a modern Corvette. I think it was out of a... Um, 
one of the, oh crap, what was the, what was the old Corvette, the seventies, the seventies model Corvette engine that everyone seemed to love? Like the old C threes, like the Z threes, but they hated the car, you know, but they yeah. loved the engine. Like the old four twenty sevens and maybe yeah, it was. A, I think it is a four twenty seven, but yeah. that's what he put in it, and it's freaking it'll it'll roll, bro. It'll 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 push it. The motors are great. They're geared terrible. Yeah, and 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 I didn't like the design. I'm not a Corvette guy to begin with. The body was that goofy Stingray at the time too. Yeah, it was a strange. It was I don't know. It was just it just didn't look. It, it looked weird, you know. Yeah. Really long in the front, but long and, and skinny, and had like the weird like yeah. humps on the over. The, it was just it was a strange design. It was so, the I mean, 70s that they were probably all jacked up on on coke or something, you know. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, people, the vet guys get pissy when you say it, but I mean, the C8 is definitely on the right track for the Corvette. Yeah, you know, uh, I don't mind the Corvettes that have come in the last couple of years. They actually look, they well, look pretty good. You well, know? Zora understood they needed to be mid-engine way back when to be competitive racing, and that's what he yes. wanted to do, but GM was not having that. You know, as much as I'm not a Corvette guy at all, um, like I could never see myself. It, 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 two Corvettes that I would maybe think about: a '69 Stingray and maybe like a '67 um, Split Split Window. You know, just because the historic importance of those. You know, yeah. But I'm not a Corvette, but I would love to go up to Kentucky and and go to the Corvette Museum. I think that'd be kind of a cool place to go. You know. Yeah. I mean, I'm not anti-Corvette, but it's not my favorite either. Yeah. You know, I mean, C8's definitely set the game up. I did, you know, I really like the lines of the C7 before it. The C7, yeah. That, and that's kind of where, like like I said, they started to kind of reel or maybe get back to, like, I think for so long they were so worried about engines and forgot about the car. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. They I will say, say well, if you make a good engine, they'll buy whatever we put out. It's like, ah, not really, you know. Yeah. Well, everybody had the trailer park, you know, the quote unquote trailer park vets, the C fours. Yeah. You know, that's still a thing. Now, I do will say the C five family, like those late nineties through like the mid two thousand C fives, especially the, the C five Rs, the actual yeah. track cars, like because Corvette was doing really well on like endurance racing at that point. Like yeah. those cars were pretty good looking, and the C6 was a you know it was a it was kind of a facelifted, tweaked all that stuff C5. Yeah. But you know you had the, you went away from, that's you know when they went away from the pop up headlights and that pissed a bunch of people yeah. off and whatever. But I like I do like the I do like the lines of a C5. The problem with the C5 now is every old boomer has a C5 and thinks it's worth Ferrari money. Yeah, you know the C5s, the C6s the weren't bad. I mean, I, I, for that, but the C the C seven was where I kind but the like you said, the C four, it's like you know what I think of the C four is the the fifty five year old living, no offense, but living in Florida on the beach. He's got the the short shorts on, the popped collar polo shirt on, you know. Like, for me, it's like the most douchebaggy, like, if you think you're, like, the biggest douchebag Corvette guy, he's driving a C4. Oh, for sure. Like, all the old, yeah, all the old rednecks drive a C4. Yeah. The Rob Pitt special. 
the Rob Piss special. Well, I mean, he's a C4 guy. He is. He is. I mean, but he owns it, and that's totally fine. You know, but he is is that guy, though. Like you said, he owns trailer park. That guy, you know. Yeah. You know, but I mean, yes, living in Florida, I get pretty jaded. You were around him not too long ago, weren't you? Wasn't he in Daytona not too long yeah. ago? For, yeah, for yeah. he was actually he was actually in Melbourne, like where I live. Like, yeah, for uh, and you didn't know about it. Yeah, I, like I found out. I was like, like down the street from you, man. Like what the crap? Yeah, that'd have been an interesting yeah. experience to go run around with those goobers. Oh my god, who all was he with? You know, <sighs> he had um. No, he had Travis with him. Travis Bell. Oh, of course, yeah. So could you imagine those two together? Oh, you're talking about probably either getting to fights and or jail. One of the two, if not both. You know, I like to watch those two goobers together, like at Daytona, just for the just for the giggle factor. Because oh, you know the Daytona? crap coming out of their mouth oh, is yes. going to be great. Oh yeah, absolutely. Because that's why they were here. Is his Bell's like 50th birthday? Oh, was it? Oh, yeah. That's, that's even more crazy. Yeah, I can only imagine. It made it even better if he had drove the ambulance now. Does he still have the ambulance? I think he does, doesn't he? I don't. I, I, I haven't heard that he doesn't, but um, I don't know. I mean, I don't know if he drives that or not. I would. I drive. It. I mean, I wouldn't drive it every day, but like, I would definitely drive it. Well, they're all curtis. They never just. They never finish anything. No, hell no, no. But it's still they, cool. Uh, yeah, he. Uh, I know that Bolian found. One of the original, I think there were like 11 of the Cannonball cars made. And I know that Bullion found one. I want to say, didn't didn't Pitts find one also somewhere? Yeah, I think so. That was the, um, was that the old Audis? It was the old Audi, yeah. Yeah. But it had like, there was only 11 of them that had like the Cannonball sticker. And it had like, it was like they were numbered. Like 1 through 11 or 1 through 13 or 1 through 12. It was like very, very few of them. Mm-hmm. I know Bowling found one, but I want to say that Pitts found one somewhere. I don't know if he got it or not, but that... Hey, if somebody's going to sniff something weird out, it's going to be him. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, the, uh, I will say, in, like, in the in the rabbit vein of doing silliness, like I would love to have like a resto mod like Smokey and the Bandit, like a 77 Trans Am. Trans Am, yeah. You know, yeah. but... Much better suspension, much better motor transmission, like the full nine. See, like as much as I would think, I mean, obviously that would be amazing having the old Trans Am and, and having it rabbited out, you know. But if I'm going to go like a rabbit car, like I want to send him like an El Camino and say, just go crazy with it, right? Like for some reason, El Camino is is I like El Caminos. I don't know why. I've never owned one. I just I, I kind of dig El Caminos, but like I want to do something like that, or like an old Cutlass, or an old Chevette, or you know, uh, something just stupid, and say, okay, Rob, like go nuts on it, like you have just just here's the budget, do what you do, that would be cool, like just to have like this weird ass car that that he that he's done, but I don't know, there's something about an El Camino that I like. I don't know why. I like El Camino. They're pretty. They're pretty slick. Yeah, there's, there's some, some ugly them. ones also, but there there's some pretty cool ones. Oh yeah, I mean there's a lot of there's a lot of ugly 
a lot of things, but well, that's true. This is true. There's something about it. There's just something that's just white trash. Not about El Camino that I love. Yeah, there was a um, oh a GTO. This is probably oh a couple of years before us before it was about maybe like 2019. A GTO that popped up for sale about an hour from here, and it was a private sale thing, you know, and. I I appreciate the GTO, but I'm not a huge fan of the GTO. But this one had been probably about 80% restored, and he did it the right way. Like, this guy knows what he's doing and, you know, was the guy. He's going to go all over the south to junkyards and try to find, you know, original emblems and rechrome them or whatever, like, and try to bring like original parts and all of that and restoring this thing. And it was one of the most, it was the most, one of the most beautiful cars I've ever seen. And I'm not a GTO fan. I mean, I'm not, I'm not against them, but they're not my favorite car. But this thing was Same for amazing. Me. It was amazing. And it, like I said, there are some cars that if you do it the right way can really transform a car, you know? Yeah, I just I never caught that whole I never caught the whole judge bug. No, you know um, yeah. I appreciate the old Dodge Challengers. I appreciate them, but I'm not I'm not a big Dodge guy. You know I I, I'm not I either, but I what do. they are, but they but that's a cool car. Like if you do it right, an old Challenger could be freaking amazing if done. Oh, right. dude, old Chargers and Challengers, and just in general, like especially yeah. you know, obviously everybody's gonna talk about the Hemi. Charger. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, it's a Charger back <laughs> then. It's this body style's a Challenger now, but well, I mean, there's a Challenger a back then. There's a Challenger too. Yeah, but you know, the you old know, Deuce of Hazard was a Challenger. It was a Charger, right? Yeah, a yeah, little bigger body. Yeah, yeah. But I I'd mean, say another you know, car that is ugly as sin. But it's also ugly in a beautiful way. The old Roadrunners, like there's just something about the old Roadrunners that are just badass, you know. Yeah, Roadrunners are cool, but they're not pretty. Like they're really not. Like the design is not a pretty design. But no, like now they look badass. Like I don't know. Oh, I mean, they're definitely that, and then they're just getting like super birds are a great example of how just insane yes. something can get. Yes. But yes. you had the Roadrunners and I can't remember what the other the other that was in that era. Like old dusters and stuff like that too. Yeah. You know, do just, you like Thunderbirds? Like old Thunderbirds, do you like T Birds? I've never been a Thunderbird fan. I never fan. have either. I just can't. I never do have it. been a big T Bird fan. And I mean Once again, I, I can appreciate what a T Bird was. I just was never Never a big fan. No, it's just not my thing. I mean, I get the T-Birds are cool and whatever. It's just, they were never my thing. Now, I love, like, the old 55 to 57 Chevy. Like, I'm probably more of a 55 guy like, than I am the 57. The 57 is always the famous one. I'm more of a 55, but that old, like, mid to late 70s Chevy designs, those were badass designs. They're great classic designs. Yeah, I see them around here. We've got a couple old guys that, that have restored them, and they're just gorgeous today like just gorgeous yeah they're cool cars you know all the there's a lot of stuff like the 50s era that were just cool anyway yeah yeah 
Do you ever Bad watch matter. Gotham Garage at all, or did you ever? Well, I don't know if it's still on. I don't know if it's still on or not. But did you ever watch Gotham Garage? I did not. I mean, I watched a bunch of random shows like that back then, but I never really got into Gotham. Yeah, I, I, I never did either. But I remember a couple episodes, and I've watched them recently uh, during the old ice storm when I was just at the house having to binge stuff. But there were a couple um, old concept cars that. Um, that he had found or something that he had done restored over at the Gotham garage. And, um, yeah, so those old fifties concept cars are freaking amazing, but concept cars, I, I like concept cars in general, you know? Um, oh, dude, there's some really cool concept cars over the years. It just, it'd be really cool if you got somewhere like the one, the one that would be really cool to do now. Do you remember yeah. the, do you remember this was like I don't know, late nineties I guess maybe early two thousand. I think it was late nineties. The Ford was it the was it the GT ninety. It was like super fure, like futuristic looking. You know about the GT eighty? No, I think it was a GT. Was it GT ninety? I remember the GT eighty. It kind of reminded me of. It sounds bad, but it kind of me like of the old speed racer car a little bit. Do you remember that one? GT ninety, GT ninety. It was a GT ninety. The kind of like a Lambo. Was it the GT ninety that looked like a Lambo? One of the GT eighty, GT ninety in there reminded me of like the old Speed Racer car. I don't remember which one it was. And there was one that came either before that or after that. That kind of looked like a Lambo. Uh-oh. Chase dropped out. I don't remember. Uh, I maybe I have to look that up sometime. I, I want to say it was a GT80 that looked like the Speed Racer car. Um, maybe he come, he'll come back. He went through Cell Hell or something. But, uh, yeah, some of the concept cars I really, really like. We're going to wait a few minutes to see if he hops back on. And if he doesn't, then we'll get the hell out of here. If he does, we'll talk a little bit. Oh, there he is. Oh, maybe not. Oh, you are here? Uh, oh, there you are. I was like, it says I am. Yeah, okay. I, it, it didn't show me that you were here. I was saying that there was, and I don't remember if it was a GT80 or the GT90. One of them I loved because it reminded me of a Speed Racer car. It looked like Oh, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. I know what you're talking about. I don't know what number that was. And the, that there was, was another the, one. There was one that looked like a Lambo, and I'm not sure if that's the GT. The GT90 or... is the one that looked like a Lambo. So you remember okay. Vectors? Okay. Oh yeah. You remember? Yeah. So the GT90 looked like a Lambo, and a Vector had like an illegitimate yeah. kid. Absolutely. So that was a 90. Okay. So I, maybe it was, maybe it was the 80 that looked like the Speed Racer car to me, which is awesome because I love Speed Racer. That, that was like my oh, I do like Speed Racer. Come on, man. The Mach Five. Come on. The Mach 5 is like, yeah. Uh, matter of fact, um, was it Gotham Garage that did the Mach 5? It's, it, it's, um, was it them? Who was that? Who did the Mach 5? Uh, crap. I want to say, I want to say Gotham did. I remember somebody doing a Mach 5, and I don't remember who it was though now. That's probably, I want to say... That's probably 20 years ago? Yeah. 15, 20 years ago? 
Yeah, but I want to say, is it not? Didn't they donate that to um, the museum? Um, oh crap! The museum out uh, in L.A. Uh, oh crap! The famous fucking museum out there. I know what you're talking about. That was it's up in L.A. Peterson, the yeah. Peterson Museum. Peterson Museum, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know if I don't know if it was Gotham or not, but I remember someone doing a Mach Five. And then donated it or sold it, whatever. I don't know how. I don't think. I don't think Peterson buys cars anymore. I think they, he has to donate them, don't you? It's like I think it's all donation only now. Yeah. So they donated the Mach Five, whoever it was, and it might not have been Gotham. Um, we need people in like on your other channels that like would be in the comments going, "No, stupid, it's this one." Yeah, exactly. They yeah. Google it for me. Yeah. Um, but I want to, whoever did that Mach 5, uh, it, it's in, at least it was in the Peterson Museum. And the only reason why I remember seeing the Peterson Museum is when Tavares sent his, um, his Lambo, it was on a temporary display after it went, um, it went over to Peterson's there for maybe a year. And I remember him going to the Peterson Museum to see his car. And, like, yeah. one of the things he stopped and looked at was the Mach 5. And I was like, oh, snap, I forgot about that Mach 5. That's a badass car. I'm, like I said, Speed Mach Racer was my cool. favorite my favorite cartoon growing up back in the day. I love Speed Racer. Yeah. But, yeah. Um yeah, that that I, I might have like I said, I don't remember the number. It might have been the eighty that was a speed racer. I remember the speed racer concept, and then either before or after that was the Lambo concept, which I guess you said was a G, the GT ninety. Yeah, it was GT ninety. So, so I I think maybe I it it was a GT, maybe it was a GT eighty was the speed racer car. It was a, it, it's 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 not a speed racer, but it looks kind of like it. It's longer, but it looked kind of like the speed racer. Yeah, no, I know. I know. I think it was the eighty. I might be wrong about that, though. I'm on my like phone. Where I'd look it up. I can't remember. I'd look it up. That's me. I'm on the phone, phone too. I can't. Uh, hold on here. See if I can. I don't. I want to. If, if I exit out of this, you'll know what happened. Just a second, okay? All right. So. What is it? The Ford GT80 concept. Oh, 100%. It's the GT80 that's kind of the, the, the style of the um, of the Mach 5. Then the 90 is absolutely the... Um, the crazy Lambo. The crazy Lambo look, yeah. The, the 40 was a pretty Lambo. cool one. Uh, the GT40 was a pretty cool one. Oh, I don't remember. I don't remember it, but it's a pretty cool looking car. I just it's yeah. popped up here on, on this list. I mean, let's be honest. The actual Ford GT race car from back. Well, the, the GT is a badass. Absolutely. Yeah, that's just yeah iconic. Period. Dot. And 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 there are people that are trying to build kits for the GT. You know, and yeah. I've seen a couple of them. And at least, like, one of them I saw went with uh, the red, white, and blue color scheme, like the blue with the red trim and the white number, like the old, you know, GT. That's a kind of a cool look, you know? Yeah. Some of the heritage throwbacks, I think those are pretty yeah, cool. Yeah, 
Absolutely. And if you're going to do that, then, yeah, if you're going to pay homage, then pay homage, you know? Yeah. Oh, for sure. There's a, I forget the name of it. I have to look it up. I'll send it to you. There's a company here in Florida that's doing, like, Shelby, like Cobra. It's like, they're starting in, like, the mid-50s. Yeah. I mean, you can get silly with them fast. Oh, they're yeah. really like good. Said, my buddy cars. spent over hundred grand on his very easily, you know. Yeah, but these are like because a lot of those cars now are like these like composite bodies, you know, fiberglass bodies. Oh yeah, they're fiberglass bodies. No, no, these no, are this, still his like is not his is still yeah. This but, is like an original. Like, these are like full aluminum tubs. I'm like, oh, that's exactly cool. what his is. His is an aluminum, uh, and he did it like I said. Yeah, he did it right. Now the one that Shelby did. There's another company doing it too, that are like the full carbon chassis. Ooh, those things are slick. But I mean, however, a million dollars. Wow, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't know they were doing the the, the carbon. Yeah, like Shelby mm. themselves are doing one. This oh, are they carbon. really? They're like limited production, all that stuff, blah blah blah. But they're they're like one, they're one two, one three, something like that. Holy cow! Wow, that'd be sweet though. I'm not gonna lie. I mean, if I was ever gonna, I, we talked about this. If I ever gonna do a kit car, it's gonna be a, a three five six speedster. They do on the old VW, um, the old VW chassis, the, the Beetle chassis. And, and the best ones, it sounds crazy. I know people are going to laugh at me. The best ones they do have the actual Beetle engine because it sounds kind of like the old Speedster engine, you know? Um, but yeah, the so Speedster oh, yeah. kits are pretty You can get them for like 40, 50 grand built, you know? Yeah. You can tell it's getting uh, like decent weather here. Like today, yeah. I cruise down around the beach for a little while, like after work. We're just killing yeah, some you time. Yeah, you SpaceX shit, didn't you? Yeah, I watched SpaceX launch. That's awesome. I didn't even, I totally forgot they had a launch today. Like we were eating dinner and it's like, you know, the dinner, the restaurant's beachside, like yeah. right across the little parking lot, it's the beach. And I got the notification. It's like, hey, you know, 30 minutes. I'm like, all right, cool. So we I just didn't walked even know the they were launching it. until you sent that text. I sent the link, and then I watched. The, I watched the launch. I watched the rocket come back down to the platform. Yeah, you know, I showed my wife a little bit, and she doesn't care. But you know, it's fucking watching Roy Rogers every time things land. It's crazy. What? But um, but yeah, you can tell like that time period. So like, there was a guy out. And it was like an early '60s, like a '60 or '61. I'm not that. I'm not a huge vet guy, so I don't know the little nuances, but it's in that early 60s vet family out cruising around that I saw one of my personal favorites yeah. was a was a Ferrari 550 Barchetta. Oh. Oh, so the yeah. 550 and the 575 are two of the all-time greatest-looking Ferraris ever built. Yeah, oh, I, I, very, I agree. Very 1960s throwback in a mod, more modern car. And then... A guy was cruising in a VW Thing, and I was like, "Oh, a, a Thing? Yeah, dude, I, I've actually never seen one in person. I, I don't like have awesome vehicles, but I want one just seen because. One in person. Yeah, just because. Yeah. Like, I don't this care is, if I, I want to take it to the water, and I don't care if it sinks. I just want to try it, you know. <laughs> I know. You know I've never seen cool. one in person, I'd and I will tell one. you. I turned my head harder for the VW thing than I did the 550. Oh, yeah, sure. Just because you don't see them. And that's the thing about down here where I'm at, you know, being beat side and there's some money floating around over there. 
you tend to see some not super vintage like you're not seeing like you know 50s 60s but you see a lot of 70s through 90s like ferraris floating around and lamborghinis too you know this area you'll see a lot of gallardos a lot of Huracans, a few Mercies, a few Aventadors, yeah. Diablos from time to time. You know that if you watch out close enough, you'll see a Batmobile because Doug Flutie lives here. He's got two different Batmobiles. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm not he literally gonna like lie. drives them around. What's that? Um, crap. Which one was it? it was a? I think it was a '50s model Ferrari. Once again. You're talking about like the roadster look. It was the convertible, uh, probably like a short wheelbase California, like a 250 California, like early 60s. Yeah, I don't know if it's a 50s or 60s model or like a late 50s Super America. Like, what is it? Hold on, let me look this up. I want to say it's like a mid 50s. Uh, there was uh, a, a Cars and Coffee here not too long ago, and a guy had one. It was just like, it was obviously the star of the freaking thing, you know. Uh, hold on here. Yeah. The, uh, oh, the 410 Sport Chassis. Oh, dude, those are cool cars. <laughs> it's one of the coolest cars, like, I've ever seen in person. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. It's just those it's are, a cool-ass looking car. And those aren't, they're not cheap, but those are still, in that world, relatively attainable because they're still in that, you know, four to $600,000 ballpark. Yeah. You know, I were sitting here going relatively attainable, at, you know, half a million dollars. Yeah. But when you look oh, at other cars yeah. from that time period that are transacting for 10 to $20 million, it's a little different. Yeah. Let's see here for sale here for sale. Let's just see what some of them are out there. The, the 410 super America. Um, this is over at, uh, let's see here. Let's go to Haggerty. They've got a, a 56 410 Super America. Uh, oh shit. One nine. Okay. Yeah. You start getting like concourse level cars. You can hang it up. 12-cylinder, 12-cylinder, 340 horsepower. Uh, Let's see. Oh, there was only 11 of that particular model produced. That's why. The 50, that is a 56 410 Super America. With yeah. that engine, that, that configuration, there was literally 11 of them made. And that's what people realize. Like, it's not like that era, those cars, and it's a lot of those cars, not just Ferraris, a lot of these different cars. They weren't, they weren't all the same model. Like, it wasn't yeah. like we think of models now. Like, most of those cars were coach built. They're all, you know. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So, you know, Penn and Farina did this, these bodies, and Scaglietti did these bodies, and, you know, this had this particular motor in it, this had this particular motor in it. You know, there's 47 examples, but only three of this one and seven of this one. And, you know, there were such a lot of great cars built from like 55 to like 62, 63 to include like the old Aston Martin. I mean, once again, 
a lot of these cars are cars like the the, the three five six speedster, you know, the four ten and the Ferrari, the Aston Martin. Like all these cars are like the roadster that I love. So maybe that's why I'm partial. But that was like the era of the original roadsters, you know. And, and oh, dude, yeah. And the cool thing so about that awesome era, awesome ass cars back then. Uh, they're fantastic. And the the super cool thing about that era to me is. It was like the, you could see the bridge and the gap of like oh yeah the jet age and the space area all that stuff happening yep. because you had you had cars on the edge of like I got one foot in this classic way of doing things and then one foot in the modern way and you saw that overlap because as you got in the later sixties everything got you know much more futuristic looking it was all space age stuff absolutely yeah because that, that was go- that was what was going on in the world you know is the space age and and all that but. Yeah, it's just something. Jet travel was becoming a thing, and mm-hmm. space race was a thing, and yep. like it showed something in, about that that mid to late fifties, and even like maybe that is sixty two, sixty three. You know, like prior to the Mustang, right? Like, and, and I think yeah. when you know the Mustang changed a lot of things, but prior to the Mustang, like fifty five to sixty four, sixty three, sixty two, it was just even the old Jags, like the old XKs, and all of that. Oh yeah, man. I mean, you're they're talking gorgeous about these, to this day. I don't care. Oh, they are, you know, and but they were just simple cars that, like, they just they look like they were designed and built to just have a blast in, you know, just have fun driving, you know. Yeah. They weren't caring about top speeds. They weren't caring. They were just like, man, just and just drive this thing. Like, they were built for enjoyment. Yeah, they wanted you to drive them and, and obviously look cool as hell, but they're just like, you know, put the top down and just drive, you know? I love that. You know, I, I love that about those old, that old stuff. But that, Most people yeah. just don't, you know, they don't appreciate that kind of stuff anymore. You know, how many people, how many people now, it doesn't really matter what the age group is, but how many people now just get out and go for a drive just to go for a drive? I do, but I love driving. I mean, I do. You know? And like but, I said, I'm lucky that I live in a place, you know, that I can get I can get a sports car, and, you know, I'm here in the mountains and these little yeah. windy highways and just have an absolute blast driving. Absolutely. You got the yeah. twisties. I got the weather. You do have the weather. You do have the weather. I'll give you that. You know? I mean, you that's cool. Year-round. You got the year-round weather. I've got the weather for about two months, you know? Yeah, when it's not cold, it's not oh my god hot. Yeah, it's it's you know you've got May and October here are just amazing. Yeah. Um, other than that, it's either way too cold or it's way too hot or it's way too rainy. Um, yeah, I will you know, say I, though, it's pretty cool being able to like literally cruise down A one A. Well, yeah, I mean, a, there there are two classic highways. You have eight. Well, there's three. There's three, in my opinion. Um, I was going to say A1A and Pacific Coast Highway, but I think yeah. Route 66 is pretty still pretty cool too. You know, it is. I mean, it's a forgotten road for the most it part is. now. But I still and, think I, and I forgot about it until I said that. I thought I said, oh wait, there's three. I forgot about Route 66. You know, yeah. But you know, I would love to go blast down Pacific Coast. Yeah, I would love to we have would, the opportunity, like on right some of the rallies get where they allow them to have a little more spirited runs on it. Yeah. You know, my wife and I a couple different times, not all the way, obviously, and they're really not that far, but we would we would start like in, oh, like Carlsbad or something like that there and there by San Diego and drive, you know, Pacific Coast, you know, Highway 1 or whatever. 
uh, drive it up, you know, before we, we would, we would go to like Huntington beach and all of that. We wouldn't get all the way to LA cause fuck that. Yeah. Um, traffic just ruins everything. Yeah. It's just stupid. Um, but there's like, so there's the, the thing about like Pacific coast highway is it's almost like its own like world because a lot of these small towns are like artistry towns or artist towns they've created just because people are coming through and driving down Pacific coast highway. And like these little bitty towns that never really existed popped up because of the traffic on Pacific coast highway. And I'm assuming a one a is kind of like that where these small little podunk towns have kind of popped up these bed and breakfasts and all that because people travel in a one a, you know? Well, that's, you know, and that's the thing like where I live, we're a bunch of, it's all a bunch of like smaller communities, like towns that all just kind of yeah. run into each other. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you go 50 miles inland and there's Orlando. Right. If you want big city or you go south and you, you hit Palm Beach and Lauderdale and all that. Yeah. Or you go north and you hit Daytona. But, you know, that's what's cool about it is, is you run down A1A, it's all these little towns and the stuff you see and the sights, and it's not the crap you see on the interstate. Exactly. It's not just miles and miles and miles of boring trees and road. Yep. Yeah. Like, I go uh, home, we go I-10 a lot, and that is the most boring drive on the country. Yeah. No, I hear you. And I guess I appreciate it more because I grew up, like, in the concrete jungle if you will, of Dallas, you know, everything's flat and everything is, you know, yeah, it's Dallas. I love Dallas and it's a great, but there's not a whole And it's only lot. blown up since. Oh no, it was huge when I lived there. Now it's just insane. Like, but there's not a whole lot. Like it's, it's not like a pretty area. I'm, I'm not going to lie. It's not a no. pretty area. You go, when I go Dallas, out to California, you're just like Pendleton, uh, you're like, holy shit. Like, like our apartment was like literally like a mile and a half from the ocean. We only went to the beach a couple times when we were there for a couple of years. But like when you grow up in Dallas and then you move out to like the coast, and it's like, man, this is just it's really pretty. And it's, it's different, man. Really, it's it's different. a different. It's a different life, you know. I mean, that's why I enjoy living where I do is because it's a different. It's a different way of life. It's a different mentality. For the yep. most part, everybody's pretty laid back, and yep. it's pretty, yep. you know. Absolutely. Just, now, that, that's kind of how it is here in a, in, a, in a smaller scale where I live. It's a small town. Yeah. It's a touristy place because this place, like, there'll be, there's about 7,000 people in the city, quote-unquote, city limits. Now, there's probably about 15,000 that live in this area. And we have a huge lake, and this place turns into 250,000 people on July 4th weekend. Oh all yeah. Of course, they spend all, but, but but with the lake life here, it's kind of like that laid back manana, you know, yeah. vibe here. You know, well, like where I'm from, you know, just north of Montgomery is Lake Martin. Same thing. Yeah. You know, huge lake and very nice houses and little towns all around yeah. it. The mood when it comes July Fourth, Labor Day, Memorial Day, it's it's. it's just it's, insanity. Like, there's a lot of the people that live here that go away for Fourth of July weekend. Oh yeah, like, let, oh, the, let the tourists have it for the week, and we're out of here. You know, like I took my little girl to play like mini golf a couple days ago. Yeah, I totally forgot it's spring break. Oh yeah, yeah. like we're at the Florida for spring break. Yeah, yeah. Well, we're at. I'm kind of isolated from that, but you know, just north of us is like close to the shops, Cocoa Beach. Yep. And, yeah. you know, obviously more of a touristy area. And 
I didn't think about it, but I get over the causeway. I'm like, oh yeah, there they are. Yep, yep, it's spring break. Yep, you know, and they're everywhere. And I'm, I'm assuming that, Daytona's still nuts for spring break. Oh, it, dude, it, Daytona's it crazy back in the day. Yeah, you Water just had bike week. Crazy. Oh yeah, you just bike week just finished at Daytona plus spring break. Yeah, I, I don't want to go nowhere near Daytona for a while. Right. Yeah. But and then you know, on the mm. goal side, you know, uh, Panama City's pretty crazy in that area. You know, Destin yeah. and all that. The the Redneck Riviera is pretty pretty it's crazy. My, it's my old backyard, man. And yeah, from Gulf Shores, Orange Beach to PC, this time of year is just it's crazy. Now, like Panama City, cried down that stuff pretty hard a few years ago. Oh, did they? Oh yeah, they spring break they like you know this not what it was the the Club La Vila days are long gone. Uh, okay. Like my the in laws condo we always stay around and we were you know we got to use was literally right next to Club La Vila. Yeah. See and, in Texas we always get on a South Padre. That was the place to get yeah. to South Padre. It was amazing. Amazing. Be right now. I would the never border. want to be down there now, but for you know that that the high school time frame now, it was the greatest place in the world. Oh yeah. South Padre a lot down there. <laughs> Get a little drunk, wind up in Mexico. What happened, Madam Morris? Oh man, Madam Morris is awesome. Yeah, mm-hmm. I love Madam Morris, but it was it was a lot different back then. Like I enjoyed when I was at Pendleton. I enjoyed every. We would go a bunch. We would go every now and then. We would go down to Tijuana. Now back in the day, like Tijuana was still kind of cool. Like there's no way in hell I'd go to Tijuana now. You know, TJ's all. Yeah. And it's a, it's a lot different place now. You know. Oh, dude, it's a totally different animal now. And I mean, even. Even Cancun, man, has changed a lot. Yeah, I never went to Cancun, but yeah. You know, now I will say I've been to Cosmel a lot. Yeah. And I love that place. But it's an island, so it's kind of segregated from all of that stuff. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Yeah. And I that's mean, more of a, uh, that's that's not more of a spring break destination. That's more of a, like, young adult a, destination, right? That's a tourist. Like, so there's a lot of, because there's a lot of resorts and a lot of all-inclusives. Plus, there's a big cruise port there, so that's where that... That's yeah, where so, so, but it's more adults and not, like, the kids being yeah, there, Yeah, it's right? not a spring break, go-crazy place. Yeah, yeah. Which is nice. Yeah, yeah and I will say, it's, man... It's being, the adults go-crazy place. Yeah. <laughs> but I will say, like, I do enjoy... Like, where I'm at, I enjoy being able to go, you know, just three hours south, and I hit the top of the Keys. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm a huge fan of the Keys. Uh, um, I had... Um, so this is probably about a month before I left for boot camp, and uh, a friend of mine she had moved to Tampa from Dallas, and she invited me to come down and spend the week with her. But you know, about a month before I left, and obviously I was like, hell yeah, you know. You're like, uh, girls invite me, I'm in, bye. Yeah, and you know, friends with benefit type thing, but uh, well, yeah, hundred percent, absolutely. But we went and spent. We I, I flew into Tampa. She picked me up. And we spent the night there at her place. The next morning, we got up at like six or seven in the morning, and we drove down to the Keys. And and I didn't realize this, but she had another friend of hers come down from New Jersey who was smoking hot. So it was the three of us all week. And we literally didn't have like an itinerary or agenda. We literally went from key to key mm-hmm. and just found like some random place to sleep that night. And it was a blast, an absolute Dude, blast. I feel you. I see that crap all the time when I was younger. 
was great. I still, I still have Wonderlust. You could find hotel rooms for nothing, you know, back yeah. then because it wasn't during spring break. It was like just you know, like just go down to the keys and we'd find. Yeah. Hey, you got a room? Yeah, how much? Uh, Fifty bucks. Cool, let's do it. Yeah. And we would just a little more than that now, but they're still. I mean, if you go, yeah, like, yeah, but this like is also like in nineteen ninety three. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Well, I'm saying even now you go into like some of the off peak times. It's not that crazy. Yeah, especially if you don't stay in Key West. If you stay in like Middle Keys or something, it's really not that bad. Yeah, so we 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 stayed at Biscayne, um, Largo. We never actually stayed at Key West. We we went to Key West, but we didn't stay there. Uh, I want to say because we couldn't find anything, or we couldn't find anything that was like at all cheap, like at all cheap. Yeah, Key West was like cheap. In Biscayne general. and Largo, we spent a lot of time in Biscayne and Largo. Mm-hmm. And I love. I this really. Game. Those are cool. I really like, like Marathon Island Morada, like right there in the middle. Yeah, we stayed one night um, there. Uh, one, yeah, one, and we were literally the only people at this little hotel. It was on the beach. It was old, like old one. Yeah. <laughs> literally on the beach, and we were the only people at this at this place. Like the only ones at this hotel. Okay. I don't know why. Like, is it maybe, clean? Maybe yeah, we, cool. It was clean enough. I mean, we were we were like eighteen, nineteen years old. Like, what's well, what I'm saying? Like, there's not there's not a chalk out wide and questionable thing. No, in the bed. there was I mean, no blood on the floor. Then we were good, you know. Um, I mean, I've stayed at some places I would never stay. Not gonna lie, one bed's just fine, you know. Yeah, <laughs> that's all we need. That's all we needed. Um, but no, it was just, it was blast about being the only ones at this place. And we had like, because the hotel, like, I don't know if it was a private beach, but it was like the beach right there in front of it. Like we, we had the entire beach to ourselves. There was no one there and it was amazing. That's what I'm talking about. It was awesome. Yeah. That was the, the coolest thing. That was the first time, uh, like was it a seven mile bridge or whatever it's called? Yeah. Like that's crazy, bro. Like that first that first experience in that bridge the is first like experience oh, so is cool. like holy cow, this is amazing, right? My wife is also worried. Like we make sure, hey, make sure we got gas. Like make sure, you know. I mean, it is. It's not that long, but it seems like you're literally in the middle of nowhere. Like yeah, there's there's no turning back. There's no pulling off for gas. You better have it till you get to the islands. You know, that's it. And it's pretty awesome. Like, and she had a jeep. Um. She had a Jeep, and we didn't have the top on and all that, so it was just, we were just cruising in the Jeep, man, and cruising the islands, and it was, mm-hmm. like, the most, it was, like, the most perfect way before I left for my life-changing boot camp, but, uh, like, it was an amazing week. We just had a lot of fun. We, we got hammered drunk and just had a good time and all that, and, and it was one of those things where, like, we had no cares, we had no responsibilities, like, it was we had a week of basically being bums island island hopping, and I'll, I'll never forget that. That was just a fun experience. Yeah, and this yeah, be the keys were always honest. hold a special you do it place right of, now. Hundred percent, I would in a heartbeat. I'd do it right now. Uh, it'd be obviously different, but you know, because you didn't have yeah. a carefree you know mentality back then as you do as you did back then. But yeah, I mean, I, I, I can't turn can my phone off for a week. Yeah. Oh man. Right. Like the keys will always hold a special place in my heart because of that week. But yeah, I'd love to go down yeah. there and and just me and my wife just go down there and 
just find some random hotel for the night and you know eat shrimp and lobster and steak and not really care if it's any good or not you know and just yeah. like do nothing like you said turn the phones off oh man yeah well i mean you talking like automotive stuff you know that's one of the best things about having a car is just you know what i feel like going wherever today i'm gonna go bye you know would be so much fun as if like fly into miami right and if i could find like a three five six speedster or or something and rent it mm-hmm. and use that to go and cruise the keys with wouldn't that just be amazing Go cruise one south. Huh? Just go cruise one south. Let's go. Yeah, and just go. And Dude, fly to Miami. I'll meet you there. We'll go rent something fun and do it. Oh, we'll do it for sure. It would just it would just be so much fun just to do that and just get away and just like to hell with it all, you know? That's like it. to hell with it all. We did that not too long ago. Like, not too long ago. Like, right after all the... COVID stuff started kind of relaxing. Hotels yeah. started opening back up and all that madness. You know, and the Keys closed down because they didn't want tourists coming down there and infecting everybody down there. And I don't, I, I get it. At like, what do you mean they closed down? Do they close the bridge down? Or they just oh, yeah, like, they shut it. Like, they shut it down like Key Largo. They're like, you ain't coming down here if you don't have it. It's like, they basically really? you didn't have the hurricane reentry passes. You weren't getting in the Keys. Oh, wow. Like, the Keys closed themselves off. They're like, new. I didn't because know they don't want people coming down there and then making everybody sick and it just wrecking right. and the then, industry and then, and when they open back up. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, you know, it gets everybody sick down there. Then that takes them even longer to reopen. Well, it makes sense. I just hadn't heard they had done that. Oh yeah, I mean, it still happened like everything else, but that's beside the point. Yeah, huh. yeah. But um, so after it, you know, everything started, you know, getting especially in Florida, everything got normal pretty quick. Yeah. It's, luckily, we have a governor that does things like that. Same here in Arkansas. We had. It was. It wasn't that bad. We did a we did a long weekend down at the Keys, and it started out like, "Hey, let's just get there for like the you know let's, let's get in like Key Largo for the day," which yeah. turned into like a long weekend. Sure. And I mean, why wouldn't you if you're there? Just you know, fuck it, let's go. Yeah. Well, I mean, I had no intention of going down to Key West. Like Island Marotta, maybe as far down as I would go. Mm-hmm. And we ended up we ended up getting down. We ended up going all the way to Key West and, like, stayed in Key West for a night. And we got oh, a wow. really nice hotel room for, like, 100 bucks. Really? But it was just me. Yeah, it was, was just it, me and my wife. It, was it, like, not during their uh, season? I mean, this is right after all the COVID stuff, so travel wasn't really happening for a lot of other states. That's true. And at this point, they lost so much money, you might as well make it what you can, you know? I think we paid 120 or 140 bucks for this, like, really nice hotel room. Yeah. And I think it was the Gates where we stayed. I think it was the Gates. Anyway, it was a nice place, huge pool, you know. It's just my wife. This is before the baby was born, so it was just me, my wife, and a little girl. Yeah. You know, so she was having a blast running around, seeing all, you know, just doing whatever. But, I, dude, I literally, we started driving down there, I turned my phone off. Absolutely. I didn't, mess, I didn't touch it. I was like, I looked at her, I was like, turn yours off. Please put it on silent and look at it. I was like, I don't want to hear nothing from nobody for a couple of days. Like, Let's just enjoy this. Yeah, Largo. So good. Uh, what's that one place? My favorite place. Uh, and I'm, I'm, I, I don't even know. It was north of Marathon. Um,
I want to say like Murado or something like that. Murado, Murata. I mean, I'm not, I might not be, but that was like, uh, like no one was there also. They had Duck Island. You ever stay at, you ever been to Duck Island? You ever been like stayed at Duck Island anywhere? You there? It's like it wouldn't unmute. I was about to crap. Oh. Yeah. So you're probably, what you're talking about, you're probably either like Island Marotta or like Tavernier. Island Marotta. Like Island Marotta. That's it. Island Marotta. Yeah. That's a cool place. Dude, I love Island Marotta. Like, I would live that, there that was tomorrow a really if I could cool place. Yeah. And then Duck Island. Duck Key is um, real cool. Duck Key, um, whatever it is. Yeah. Duck yeah. Island. Just being duck. It's like Hawks K Resorts there, and that's a really cool place. Yeah, if you're yeah, like we, big into fishing, and because like we went, we went, we went to Biscayne like the first night, and then drove down to Largo, like I guess down through the tip, through the the bridge yeah. and all that to Largo. We stayed at Biscayne. I like Biscayne; it's kind of a cool little place, you know. Biscayne's cool because you're still right there at Miami. And yeah, you're in Miami. It's basically the, Miami. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's still kind of not Miami, you know. But you're away from all the Miami shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, so I like this game, but like when we get to Largo, we went south, and the, the 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 furthest south that we stayed was Marathon, I think. We went down yeah. to West, but we didn't stay like, you know. It was pretty cool. It was awesome. Like I said, we had a great time. Yeah, had a great time. I love it down there, man. And I would love to do the same. I'd love to just take the wife and and just go down there and just like like I say, start. Start at Largo and kind of just stay a night, and then go down to the next one, stay a night, go to the mm-hmm. next one, stay a night. Maybe end up at Marathon, stay a night, go down to West because you know I, I like for I like to take her to go see Buffett's boat. It's always in port there at, at West usually. Yeah, you know, go at, just because just to experience Key West. You know, her experience, but I wouldn't want to stay there. But like, stay no more south than Marathon. Let's say you know. But just do yeah. like a different island hop every day and just whatever that island offers, that's what we do that day, you know? Wake up the next morning, drive down the next one, whatever that island offers, that's what we do that day, you know? Yeah. I mean, I love it because I love to fish. So, I mean, that's like, you know, sportsman heaven down there. Yeah. 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 You need to go feed the tarpon, man. What's that? You need to go feed the tarpon. Feed the tarpon? Yeah. You hand feed them. Really? Yeah. Where at? I mean, you start around around Isla Mirada down. There's all kinds of places you really? do it. I mean, you do it, you just I, off the side of the road. Once again, it's been it's been oh my god, it's been thirty years. I'm thinking about that. It's been thirty years since I was down there. Yeah, yeah. Well, Largo had and once again, we weren't really much. looking for to do the tourist stuff. We were just no. looking to smoke weed, drink, and and other things. You know, yeah. Have fun being teenagers. Exactly. I mean, I. Listen yeah. to a lot of Scott, listen to a lot of reggae, which I know you're into, so like that would be yeah. a fun thing. I mean, have you met us? We're overgrown teenagers now is all that is. hundred percent. Yeah, we are. That's true. I think we hit like twenty. I'm way overgrown teenagers. I'm about ten years older than you are. Yeah. I mean but, still But I'm a, I'm I'm a teenager at heart, if that means anything. Yeah, hundred percent. I mean we're you know, you look at teenagers, look at us like all these old farts. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah, we gotta do that sometime. It'll be fun. I'm down. Just put clover in the trunk and just get them out in the sun. Watch see what happens. You know, 
I don't know if he'd know how to fun have fun doing that stuff. You know, I, I, he I, he he's not the most adventurous guy in the world. You know, he doesn't have a choice around us. That's what's fun. This is true. This is true. Because we will. drag him into our situations, and it's that's what's now our Mincy was great. Our Mincy would have a blast, and she would oh, yeah. make him have a blast. You know, yeah. You couldn't tell. You couldn't tell some people like you couldn't tell Snob because he'd show up in like some over the top you know mankini or something. And yeah, he would. Yeah, I can't would. handle that. Here to relax. Yeah. Yeah, give me some board shorts and a t-shirt. That's all I need. Yeah, I'm good. Like, one pair of board shorts and, like, a t-shirt for each day and some and some sandals. Yeah. That's all I need. Like, I'm good for the whole week. Like, I don't care. I can, like, on trips like that, I can literally live out of a backpack. And, like, oh, absolutely. And, and you know what? I would just because that's the way it was. Like, I literally flew to Miami with a backpack. And I yeah. had, like, two swimsuits and, like, five t-shirts. That and that's it. That's it. Yeah. Trust me, I could find somewhere to wash something if I need to. All it fails, I'll buy a t-shirt or something. You know, I'll go buy a t-shirt for nine ninety nine somewhere, you know? Yeah. Who cares? Absolutely. Like, but it's pink. I don't give a shit. I don't care. That's what it's about. Yeah. Yeah. We got to do that sometime. I was back in Definitely. my definite live fast, die pretty days. Oh, dude. Like. We all say this, but like there was a legit. That's one of the reasons why I joined the Marine Corps. Is I had a bunch of people, friends of mine, that didn't make it yeah. for a lot of different reasons. But like I'm truly the way I lived. Like I am truly shocked that I made it to 21 when it was actually legal to drink at that point. Like I am truly oh. shocked that I made it to 21. I'm there. Like I mean, I always, you know, 18 was a was a badge of honor to make it to 18, and but oh, 21 100%. was like I'm like I'll never see 21. Like I, I hit twenty one, I'm like, like I still shit. drink a lot, but like I didn't drink near as much after I turned twenty one than I did before. No. Part of it was just the fun no. of it, you know. Yeah, and I mean, I hit I don't know, I hit twenty five, and I guess I was like, well, I guess I need to start being more of a responsible adult. Well, yeah, I, I kind of mellowed about daughter when we were twenty two, so that yeah. changes things a lot, you know. Yeah, like I didn't have my. Well, we still went on thirty, so. fun, but not near as much. Like we would go out almost every night, and, and you know, my wife and I we met at a bar. So I mean, yeah, I did all kinds of or club, I should say. It's more of a club, but, but yeah. stupid shit back then. Yeah, yeah, stupid, <sighs> stupid shit. My my old ass is getting tired. It's ten thirty, so uh, thanks for coming on, bro. I always like yeah, doing man. this. Like I said, I know that um, you know, very informal, good time, just. This is what this podcast is about. You know, you go down whatever roads, literally, no pun intended or pun intended, we want and, and have fun with it. But um, yeah, uh, if you're out there watching in replay or listening to podcasts and it's before the, uh, the 19th, Sunday, March 19th at 8 Central, the only, the only time zone, the real time zone, the central time zone. Uh, come check out the Ghost and Clover podcast powered by EAA. Uh, that's going to be streaming on the Ghost Tactical YouTube channel, the Clover Tech channel, and the Ghost and Clover. Now, once we go off air, it'll only be able to be seen in replay on the Ghost and Clover. So make sure you go subscribe to that channel. And then the next day, that Monday, you'll have it on both Clover and I's, all of our podcast platforms. But uh, that's a fun when we start. This will be episode two. And thanks to EAA uh, for sponsoring that. 
and uh, that one's kind of a fun because it's not it's not guns, it's not cars, it's whatever. We each bring a topic, and we have fifteen minutes to talk about whatever topic. Like mine last year, last time was like favorite band, you know. I think his was like shoes because he, he had just gotten his Snoop Dogg Skechers, you know, and uh, so it could be anything. So we each bring a 15 minute topic. And then the last topic of the conversation is chosen by a audience member. So we randomly draw an audience member that's there in the live chat and within reason, obviously, uh, but there's only a few things we won't talk about, but uh, we draw randomly draw, a member of the audience, and then they get to tell us what to talk to, what to talk about for the next 10 to 15 minutes, uh, which is pretty awesome. We enjoy it. So come check out the Ghost and Clover uh, podcast with me and my good friend Chris over at Clover Tech, and we do all that. And uh, that's powered by EAA and all of that. And we do that every other Sunday. So this coming, this coming Sunday, 8 Central, go check out the Ghost and Clover podcast. Chase, thanks so much for coming on. Um, can't wait to see you up in Indianapolis in a couple of weeks, a few weeks, I guess. Yeah. Almost a month. It's basically a month exactly, almost. I, it's dude, it's here. Like it's here. It's really less I know, than especially, a month. Especially with point. you guys, it's really here for you guys. <laughs> yeah, I, f- I fly out on the eleventh, so yeah, it's it's here. I will but, be getting there the thirteenth, and we're gonna be doing the bullet run. So if you're not, yep. I know you'll probably be setting up, but we're going to be meeting at six o'clock at Indianapolis Motor Speedway for the finish line of the bullet run. So if you can break away, Chase, at six p.m. on Thursday, when you probably won't be able to, you'll be stone ass busy. But if you are, come on out there. And if you're out there, you're going to be in Indianapolis the weekend of April 14th or whatever. We were doing the first um, the inaugural bullet run. It's kind of like a rally slash scavenger hunt, and the finish line is going to be at Indianapolis Motor Speedway. For the finish line. If you guys are interested in that, get a hold of me through email or whatever. And I'll give you more information. But it's gonna be a fun little time, and uh, and all that. But yeah, thanks for coming on, buddy. And we'll see you in a few weeks, bro. Yeah, man. Y'all too. Appreciate right, we'll it. See you soon. Yeah, thanks for coming on, guys. Thanks for, for the people that were here earlier. Uh, if you're watching this replay, listening to the podcast, thank you so much. Make sure that you uh, subscribe to the YouTube channel, follow all the stuff and all of that. And uh, I, I had to come up with. I had to come up with like a little catchphrase that I always put into all of my stuff, right? So my, my ghost tactical stuff that's simplify and my, my jarhead podcast that's simplify and all that. Um, so I, I came up with one and I don't know if it's, it's kind of cheesy and kind of corny, but uh, I, I don't like ending podcasts on saying, all right, see you later. Bye. You know, I don't like doing that. So I came up with a little catchphrase. So tell me what you think about this chase drive fast or get the hell out of the way. I mean, that's legitimately my motto. So I'm in. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to start using that one alright uh, so guys thank you so much for watching and listening we'll see you soon remember drive fast or get the hell out of the way well guys thank you so much for listening to this podcast if you like it check out all of our other podcasts and our other media content if you're into firearms go check out our YouTube channel Ghost Tactical and to check out all of our links including our swag store go see our website ghosttactical.us Once again, thank you so much for listening, and remember, drive fast or get out of the way.